The following is an audio version of my recent blog, Cellular Location, the Holy Grail of 911. I'm Mark Fletcher, and I'm Vice President of Public Safety Solutions at 911 Inform. States have recently passed new marijuana legalization laws, but it's not these new laws prompting 911 call takers to question how high are you. Under the leadership of acting chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel, the Federal Communications Commission recently flexed its federal muscle, reasserting the wireless location accuracy rules established in 2015. The commission recently settled on a new effective date of April 3rd, 2022, with network certifications due June 2nd of 2022. And as a penalty for missing this year's deadline, AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon committed to paying a fine of $100,000 each. Agreement, although unhappy. After the decision was made public, deferring opinions surfaced at the commission. A joint statement issued by FCC Commissioners Carr and Symington this past Thursday questioned the decision. Despite the FCC having secured commitments from wireless carriers that they would be able to identify the location of 911 callers within three vertical meters for 80% of calls by April 2021, there was a failure to deliver. Under the new consent decrees, carriers now have an extra year to meet the commitments, which are April 3rd and June 2nd of 2022, respectively although they now have just seven days to deliver Z-axis altitude where possible to ECCs. The FCC said in their statement, to improve public safety and significantly speed up nationwide implementation of vertical location information, the FCC's Enforcement Bureau reached settlements with AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon that resolved the investigations of failing to meet those deadlines. The settlements require each company to start providing wireless 911 callers Z-access location to 911 call centers within seven days to implement a compliance plan that includes specific testing, reporting, and public interest conditions, and to pay a $100,000 settlement amount. So why is the Z-access so important? Think of a caller in a tall building with 10 floors. If I calculated their X and Y axis position, the caller could be on any one of those 10 floors. To establish the floor where a person is located, a third element is needed for a standard Cartesian measurement, and that's the Z axis or altitude. The next obvious question, why is a Z axis so elusive and challenging for 911 call takers to calculate? Carriers developed the 911 network to allow public safety to respond to locations plotted on a two-dimensional map. ECC call takers use these flat maps where the X and Y coordinates correlate to a calling party's position and mapped to a street address. But as devices became more mobile and nomadic, and with the bulk of 911 calls originating from cellular devices, altitude and location in general became more and more critical to the emergency call taker. Now, to understand why determining altitude is difficult, we need to step back a little bit to our grade school science classes for a bit of a refresher. Can you see my point? Measuring altitude is not as easy as it may seem. Altitude is measured by barometric pressure. And since barometric pressure changes drastically with the weather and from position to position, a common starting point needs to be established as its ground zero. Imagine trying to measure the height of a tree. And while you start at the ground, 
someone else starts 10 feet above the grass. Even though both of you measure the top of the tree, the distance are going to be about 10 feet apart. So based on this, a commonly understood starting point needs to be established that everyone can follow. So all measurements start at the same place. A similar problem happens with aircraft, and that's why pilots reference their altitude as above sea level. And pilots also adjust their instruments to the local barometric pressure at each airport before they land. This ensures that their altimeter and its readings are in alignment with each other. And while that logic may be possible in measuring altitude above the ground, it means that the system reporting altitude and that the system reading altitude needs to be synchronized. Not always an easy task, as barometric pressure changes with the weather. Now, while GPS signals can also be utilized, those radio waves can be affected by concrete and steel reflections of buildings. Again, this causes an artificial interference that just might skew altitude readings. So while the holy grail for 911 remains to be accurate altitude, and the FCC is moving forward with carriers demanding information today, the fact of the matter is it just may be inaccurate. Another issue is the problem of communicating altitude and converting it to local distances above the ground. Think about a building that has a different elevation in the front or the back of the building. What side is considered the baseline? That's an important requirement for an accurate calculation. So the moral of this story, it just isn't simple or the development of a feature that would fix it. Like so many other things, there are different nuances to the technology, the operational deployment, training, and a whole slew of other factors that constantly blur the lines of information. Like anything else that's new in public safety, Nina, Ina, and other standards development organizations need to add the appropriate standards to their agenda. That way, industry partners have direction and specifications to build to. Without that guidance, it'll turn into the Wild West of technology, with very little of it being compatible and interoperable with industry friends and neighbors. Levels of accuracy, protocol formats, and transmission specifications are all important points that need to be worked out sooner than later. Not to mention that this opens up yet another attack face for cyber criminals to disrupt our public safety networks potentially spoofing location data into real call events, redirecting services away from a disaster instead of towards it. Fortunately, next-generation 911 networks are being built today in over 20 states, with more and more coming on board in an attempt to streamline efficiencies and increase the operational functionality with new IP-based architectures. With this comes a paved superhighway for public safety information that will allow it to flow from the originating networks to public safety and the consuming networks of the first responders. So the highway is being built. The plans for incredibly fast and efficient vehicles are on the drawing board and we're ready to go to the races. Remember, while next generation 911 is an end-to-end -end architecture, it's also a complex recipe with many chefs in the kitchen. At this point, it's critical that technologists work together to build a solution that will save lives without overloading first responders with useless data. 
While the FCC touted the settlements of last week, requiring carriers to deliver within seven days, wireless 911 callers Z-axis location information to 911 call centers everywhere they're capable of delivering that data and of implementing compliance plans for testing, reporting, as well as pay a $100,000 settlement amount, half of the FCC commissioners still feel, quote, the FCC is letting wireless carriers off the hook in exchange for $100,000 and a promise to provide whatever vertical location information they have, however inaccurate it may be, unquote, and that the agreement was negotiated without any input from their offices. In their opinion, it's a bad deal for public safety. That wraps up the audio version of my latest blog, Cellular Location, the Holy Grail of 911. I'm Mark Fletcher, Vice President of Public Safety Solutions at 911 Inform. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Fletch911. Be sure to check out all my blogs and podcasts at Fletch.tv. Thanks again for listening. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.